Welcome to Tower Talks with Inside Towers, the wireless infrastructure industries podcast. And now for your weekly recap, a timely review of this week's top headlines and takeaways. Here's your host. Welcome to Inside Towers Week in Review. I'm Leslie Stimson, Inside Towers Washington Bureau Chief. With me are John Salentano, our business editor, and Jim Fryer, our managing editor. This episode is sponsored by Inside Towers Intelligence, a quarterly market report that dives deep into the wireless infrastructure ecosystem. It looks at market trends, capital expenditures, relevant M&A transactions, and more. Our Q3 issue is available now. Intelligence is designed for managers, marketers, and investors. An annual subscription also includes an exclusive briefing. In fact, we have one coming up on the 16th. And is uh, you can also get online support. For more information or to subscribe, visit InsideTowers.com slash intelligence. So I'm going to do our first story this week. The FCC named most of the companies that have applied for rip and replace reimbursement this week. Uh, Inside Towers reported the total estimate after initial review came to $5.6 billion, but Congress only allocated $1.9 billion. So FCC Chairwoman Jessica Rosenworcel informed Congress of the shortfall and pledged to work with lawmakers to ensure that companies are fully reimbursed for the cost of building new cell sites and removing the untrusted gear from existing sites. Uh, the initial application window for the funding closed January 28th. The FCC began reviewing the documentation January 31st. Um, but given the sheer number and complexity of the filings, the commission says it, more, it needs more time to do a thorough review. It's extended its own uh, review period to June 15th. 181 applications have come in so far. The FCC says 162 of those on initial review look like they're eligible for reimbursement. The cost estimate is for the total removal, replacement, and disposal of about 24,000 units of Huawei and ZTE telecom gear across about 8,400 locations. And there was... What was Leslie, did that did that increase in the in the requested funds uh, surprise you? It caught me off off guard. No, actually, not really, because um, when the that's a good question though. When the rip and replace was first being crafted, they were only going to include um, telecoms telecoms that had two million or less customers. Uh, by the end, it it was. Um, <clears throat> up to 10 million. So, but the money never, you know, the, the funding mechanism was already in Congress and that didn't grow. So, and, and I don't think it's a huge deal, actually, it sounds horrible, but I don't think it will be um, to go back to Congress to get more money because remember in the television repack, they had to go back twice. Mm -hmm. So yeah, th this will be worked out. Good point. Uh, yeah. So related to the rip and replace story is a story related to overbuilding or the prevention of overbuilding. 11 Senate Republicans protested an administration plan to fund broadband deployment in areas already served with speeds up to 25 megabits per second download and three megabits per second upload. 
Um, the Treasury Department issued a final rule in January for how the American Rescue Plan money should be distributed. That eliminated an interim requirement that blocked overbuilding in areas that already have wired networks with those speeds. The senators also want states to have less leeway in distributing funds. They wrote that with the broad nature of this guidance, it allows states to choose whatever information they wish to determine um, to determine the availability of broadband in a given area. And actually that was something that WIA president and CEO Jonathan Adelstein spoke about last week um, at the Colorado Wireless Show. He said they're gonna be vigilant because uh, yes, the states have a lot of leeway in, in how they can distribute this money. But right now the gatekeeper is actually NTIA. And in fact, there's a, uh, an NTIA oversight, oversight hearing coming up in Congress this week, and I'm sure they're going to be asked about that. I guess the, the danger from the WIA standpoint is that the money goes to fiber? Right, goes to fiber. That would be the main, or fiber only. They, they would like some of it to go to wireless because their whole thing, and so is Nate's advocacy point too, they want everything to be technology neutral. So not to totally block out fiber, but just not to totally block out wireless and give everybody a chance knowing that satellite's going to get in there too. So, you know, I can understand the concern about overbuilding a 25-3 platform, but, mm-hmm. you know, where other areas don't even have that. So that's where the money should go first. But when you think about it, 25 megs down, three megs up, it's really pretty slow compared to what we're getting in a lot of areas today where we're upwards of 100 megahertz, the megabits per second uh, and 20 down. So, um, you know, eventually they're going to probably upgrade those areas, but I can understand that the, the uh, senator's concerns about putting money where you got already have service and money should be going to where um, it's sorely needed, where there is no service or inadequate service at all. So, yeah. Yeah. And John, you're going to talk about BAI. BAI is an interesting company. We've uh, covered them before, and I've actually had an opportunity to uh, interview their uh, CEO, uh, Igor LaPrince, uh, on a podcast. They're, they're actually an Australian company, but they have uh, operations set up in North America uh, and, and in Europe. Uh, they're one of the big, they're big providers of um, metro, of communications in um uh, underground metro systems. They have the contract with the uh, uh, Metropolitan New York um, subway system, uh, Toronto Transit Commission, Hong Kong, and they landed a big deal last year with uh, with the tube in, in uh, London. Uh, this announcement that they made recently is that they are expanding their European operations to include um, Italy. Uh, they've set up a subsidiary company called BAI Italia, and it really is their first step out in the in in the European theater outside of the UK and Ireland. And you know the company says it's given them a position in becoming a leader of five G and shared infrastructure in the region. Uh, to run the company, they they recruited uh, an experienced telecom veteran, uh, a fellow named uh, Luca Luciani, who has experience. <coughs> Uh, across m- several industries, including telecom, energy, consumer groups, and management consulting. And he was formerly a, an executive at Telecom Italia and uh, was the former CEO of Tim in Brazil. 
So what BAI Italia will do is <clears throat> provide several different uh, communication solutions that include the 5G small cells in dense urban areas, uh, private networks for enterprise in, in, mar in vertical markets such as healthcare, education, and manufacturing, and DAS networks for large public venues and stadiums. Um, they have the, the BAI group has a lot of experience in these kind of deployments uh, from their acquisition of mobility last year. Uh, mobility has uh, 220 marquee venues in the US and another acquisition in Europe called Villacom that has uh, multiple venues uh, across Europe. So uh, Le Prince stated that uh, BAI's expansion in Italy is another important milestone for the growth of their company in their quest to become a leading provider of telecommunications infrastructure in Europe and, and elsewhere around the world. And he considers um, Italy as one of the uh, largest mobile markets in Europe to be a, a good opportunity for BAI to ex further extend its uh, neutral, neutral host solutions. So uh, interesting development. And, um, you know, the, the European market is undergoing some interesting dynamics today. Uh, most of the countries have four wireless carriers and so there's this push to maybe consolidate them down to three. Iliad in Italy just made a bid for Vodafone Italy which was rejected because I guess Vodafone didn't think they were offering enough but we're likely to see um, more consolidation taking place uh, perhaps more spin-off of tower assets uh, and, uh, and third-party neutral host operators like BAI coming in and um, helping to fill in some of the gaps. So some interesting uh, developments going on in, in the European market, and we're gonna to continue to watch it. All right, John, thank you. Jim, take us home. You have a big story about the Super Bowl. Uh, you said it. Um, we might have to <laughs> out. I've been told by management that uh, corporate lawyers uh, might not wanna saying those words. Apparently, I guess they're copyrighted, but I think that's the silliest thing I've ever heard of. Um, yeah, so the, the big football game followed by a Roman numeral is happening Sunday. And uh, we, we did a little piece on uh, T-Mobile. I think I can use T-Mobile outfitting um, not only the, the stadium, but the, but the city of Los Angeles uh, for the uh, upcoming game between the Rams and the Bengals in LA. And uh, T-Mobile said that they've, they've, added hundreds of upgraded, newly installed 5G macro sites, small cells uh, all around LA, at, at LAX, at the airport, and, uh, and at uh, SoFi Stadium um, as well. And um, Neville Ray, who's, who's uh, never short on hyperbole, said uh, the investment they've made in LA over the past 18 months is massive. This is a powerhouse 5G network, incredible capacity, most advanced technologies and wireless. Um, and they said, it's best of all, it's, it's going to even get better as they keep building out uh, their, their network in, in LA. So, um, you know, some of the details, uh, let's see, the, the equipment installed uh, gives the stadium, SoFi, the, the capability equal to nearly 100 traditional macro cell sites, according to Neville Ray. And um, they're looking at uh, download peak download speeds of 1.5 gigabytes as uh, they uh, did for the NFC championship game uh, that happened 
in in late January. So um, so basically, T-Mobile is, is used this not only to upgrade the system at the at the stadium, but but uh, all around Los Angeles, the LA Convention Center, uh, the arena, which apparently is called the Crypto.com Arena. I didn't know that, but that's the name of it. Um, and uh, a lot of LA's uh, largest hotels have all been upgraded uh, in, in LA. So that's what's going on. If Also, if you want to sort of get more into the weeds on what's how the stadium is being outfitted, um, check out Stadium Tech Report, who is a media partner of Inside Towers. And uh, they're, they have a, a new issue that just came out on this. And they, they certainly go well into depth, as you can imagine, called Stadium Tech Report. And uh, they, they, we have a relationship where they offer our, our readership, you are readers, um, a free download of, of, the, uh, of, of the newsletter slash magazine. So uh, check them out. Good, good publication. And um, we'll see you at the football game, I guess. Who you got for the game, Jim? Yeah. I gotta like the Bengals. Uh, I I I think they look pretty pretty gritty, and I don't know. LA's LA's always had a share of victories in the past. And besides, I don't think. Sorry, my our, our LA readers, but I don't know if they're all that big of football fans, frankly. Um, <laughs> basketball, yeah, but football. I would think you know they they like the party atmosphere. They like you know seeing and being seen and being out in the sunshine, all that good LA stuff. But uh, I'm, I'm not sure if they're like they're, – they're not going to appreciate a win as much as uh, the good people of Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Are, so. the, the Bengals are a few points underdog. I don't know if you know that. but yeah. Not much, mind you, but like four points, something like that. Yeah, so. I think it could be a watchable game. So, Oh, um, no, I think it's going to be a great game. Looking yeah. forward to it. Yeah. How about you, John? Who, who are you picking? Well, I was leaning towards uh, Los Angeles. Um I, you know, from the few playoff games I've seen and a few times I saw them play during the season, they they look pretty good. They they look like they have um, maybe more of a complete team. But, uh, you know, this is the NFL and I never discount any outcomes. Uh, to your point, Jim, I, I, I like I like the, uh, the the grittiness of the Bengals, you know, even though they they're in our same division. And so I don't like them for that reason. Uh, but um uh, you know, I, I honestly, even though I'm leaning towards the, the Rams, I think uh, I think it's going to be a good game, and uh, it wouldn't surprise me any outcome at all. So, all right, we're going to a party, so that that should be fun. Yeah. Oh well, that's that makes it all good. Nice, nice to have Super Bowl <laughs> parties back again. Yeah. Oh, in person. Yeah. 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 yeah exactly. All right. Well, that's a wrap for this show. Thanks for listening to Inside Towers Week in Review. We'll see you in another week. Thank you for listening to Tower Talks. To subscribe to our podcast, our daily newsletter, or use our other industry resources, please visit InsideTowers.com. Until next time, you've been listening to Tower Talks from Inside Towers, the wireless infrastructure industries podcast.